House of Cards. Chapter 51 is over, but we are just getting started here on the House of Cards post-show recap. And now here are the two guys who are ready to start the call now. We're starting the call now, damn it. I'm Rob Sister. Here's Zach Brooks. Zach. Zach. Zach I am me. Zach. I'm, I'm Zach Brooks. I am not Zachary Hoffman. <laughs> Zach. <laughs> Zach, listen to me. Listen to me. Look, I've made a lot of mistakes, okay? All right? Look, I've done bad things. I have nightmares about all these different podcasts that I've done, about all these all these shows that I've recapped. And I, Listen, if I could take them all back, I would. I would, okay? But just listen to me right now, Zach, all right? No. You've done bad things. I've done bad things. I, I'm ashamed of what I've done. Well, I, I didn't Shame. think that that would be such a big hit with everybody. Uh, that, you know, Conway, I'm like, oh, he just blew it. Talk about how he's ashamed of everything he's done. Yeah, it was hard to tell in that scene if who was going to get the upper hand. It seemed like Frank was getting the upper hand for a little bit, Conway. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's blowing it. He's blowing it. He played right into Frank's hand. But then I guess he didn't yep. blow it. He did good. Good job, Conway. Yeah, yeah Conway. He's a, he's a very uh, masterful negotiator. Conway to go. Who knew that? Yeah, Conway to go. <laughs> Who knew that uh, he could out negotiator the negotiator? <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk about chapter fifty-one here in what feels very much like a two-part finale to season four of House of Cards, and set up what we can expect here in chapter fifty-two, the final episode of House of Cards season four. So we'll make lots of predictions about what we're going to see, and really, uh, storms coming, storms coming, Zach, with everything uh, with Frank between Ico, between Conway, between everything with Hammer Schmidt that that story is about to drop, and a lot of stuff going on here in chapter fifty-one. Yeah, uh, we have a lot of setup from this episode. Um, you know, it was a lot of times you you have on these. Uh, penultimate episode, something really crazy happening. And even in House of Cards, we've had that. Um, not so much in this episode. I mean, you know, like a lot of just set up for the finale. Well, a lot of set up for the finale. And this really does feel like it's its own two hour movie here at the end of the season, but not really what we expected, I feel like. And I feel like I'm a little disappointed because I think in my head, I sort of had, okay, well, the finale will be the election. And we'll have like the debate or whatever here in episode 12. That'll just be set up for the election finale. But boy, I'll be really surprised if we get to the election all in this next hour. Yeah, I don't think we will. And I I kind of had a theory for where we were going for the end of the season. Um, And I was, you know, I wasn't sure if it was going to happen, but it seems like it's not what's going to happen anymore. And um, I thought we were headed towards Ico setting off some kind of bomb at the end of the season. No, I don't think unless this is all like a big diversion for they're about to do some sort of, uh, you know, other bigger plan. That's like the typical like 24 move while you guys were looking over here. We were doing all this. I think that we'll probably resolve this Ico situation. And I think that we are going to be dealing with the fallout from the Hammerschmidt bomb in Chapter 52. Seems like that yep. is about to come out, but I almost see no chance that we're getting to the general election in this season. Another thing I was thinking during this episode is, you know, just throwing throwing things out there. Do we get a Frank Underwood scandal and a Conway scandal dropping at the same time? And we're kind of left with no nobody to run for president because there's two scandals zero sum game so you think that the frank underwood exposing the big lie from the debate will come out and then also at the same time the hammer schmidt story will come out boy i gotta think that the hammer schmidt story is going to really trump that conway and the general lie during the debates yeah yeah you would think so but you know and maybe there's more to the conway lie i just you know that would be interesting like we don't have a winner it's like a soccer match we end in a tie i don't think we're going to a nil nil election coming up on uh, election day i don't know we, but something crazy's got to happen i will say we got to be getting pretty damn close to election day considering that we saw people in like winter coats so we are right there, but it doesn't seem like Frank Underwood and Conway are in the home stretch of this election. Yeah, no, I agree. I'd, you know, I was expecting, you know, it would be election day and the finale. We'd have people lining up for the polls. But um, unless we get some resolution on this kidnapping thing and then jump ahead a couple weeks, but that, that just doesn't make sense. Is it going to bug you that we really started the primary process at the midpoint of season three, and we're not even going to get to the election until season five. 
Yeah, it's uh, not going to be a little annoying. That's a little annoying. Yeah, especially because we also are like in the heart of the actual primary season right now, too. So um, just a lot of a lot of the setup to the big election. Yeah. In, in both art and in life. So not a lot of movement, I think, ultimately in season four. While there was a lot of fun moments in season four and up to this point, I think our season four approval rating was pretty high. It's just to me a little bit of a bummer that we will not get to see the general. And maybe they surprise me. Maybe we get like a really jam-packed episode of we deal with Ico, we have the Hammerschmidt stuff come out, we have the Conway stuff come out, uh, and we wrap up whatever loose ends, and we go into the general election, and maybe that's the cliffhanger at the end of season four of its election day. How's it going to turn out? But it seems like a lot of stuff to get into, even like a 50, 60-minute episode. Yeah, and I do think, too, that if you cast a big-name actor to play Conway, and presumably Frank Underwood's going to lose or going to win the election. So Conway's going to lose. You know, you want to see kind of figure out a way to stretch Conway's character a little bit longer so you can have him into the next season. So there might be some of that, too. To me, I kind of thought that Conway was going to be the big bad and they were just going to basically have him on for season four. And then he was going to want to, you know, go on back to doing movies or whatever else. But I don't know. Maybe Conway is signed on for season four and season five. Yeah. Conway of life. Yeah. So is the cliffhanger at the end of season five going to be the election? You don't think we can stretch it out that far, right? No, I I mean, the election's got to be wrapped up in season five unless, you know, maybe something unprecedented happens where we have no candidates or they can't, you know, they they delay election day. Okay. I don't know. Anything can happen in this world. It's crazy. Not sure how you guys are feeling about this and this turn of events here in chapter 51, but that's just one of the biggest takeaways I had about all this was uh, it does not seem like we're going to wrap this up in time for the end of the season. Okay, but let's talk about what did happen in the episode. And we had a lot of business with Ico, who did pop up, as you had been saying, all along that they would. And I think that I doubted you at different points this season, but here they are. But it's not so much an Ico attack on their own. It does seem like this is a person who just seems like he might be some sort of Ico sympathizer, but I don't know if this is necessarily the type of thing where, I mean, this person seems like he might just be acting alone. What do you think? Is this from Ico headquarters? Um, It does seem like it's Ico supporters. And it is two guys. It's uh, one guy named Josh, I think, and mm-hmm. one guy named Zach. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, maybe maybe uh, foreshadowing some future Post Show Recaps podcasts with Zach and Josh <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, I, I wondered immediately when I saw that, I said, all right, Conway's behind this. That's what I thought, too. And then I started thinking, well, maybe Frank's behind this. But I do think one of them is pulling the strings on this. You think that there's a possibility that we could get the rug pulled out from under us and we find out in Chapter 52 that Frank Underwood put these Ico guys up to this? I think it's a little bit more unlikely than it being Conway, just because when Frank does things, we usually know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I do think, you know, I think it could be one of them and maybe that's the scandal. Maybe it is Conway who's pulling the strings and that comes out and that's where we get our big scandal about Conway that's on par with the scandal about Frank Underwood. So that's possible that it could still be Conway. I don't imagine that it's Frank just because that when Frank talks to us about like, oh, that's brilliant that they would want to talk to Conway because uh, it's divisive. I don't think he would lie to us. And maybe this is where, you know, we're getting ourselves in trouble. And that's like the typical thing that you see happen on these reality shows. Or I know he's lying to everybody, but he's not lying to me. Uh, He's really doing a great job of lying to everybody else out there. But I don't know if Frank has ever broken the fourth wall and lied to us. Yeah, I can't think of any times when he has. To what end? Why would Frank Underwood lie to us? Well, I mean, he did. He's talked a lot all season about politics being show business and being theater and you know he's setting the scene he's being the narrator kind of explaining to us the motivations of these characters and and why these guys are doing things a certain way they are as kind of like a as like a um an omniscient uh, narrator but what are we are we a figment of frank underwood's imagination i mean he's talks to us like he knows that we are people who are watching a tv show why would he lie to us it makes no sense well to you know i mean Sometimes you mislead your audience, just like in show business. Um, And Frank even talked about how what Conway likes is Conway likes the spotlight and the audience to cheer for him. So uh, kind of a lot of meta commentary on on theater and show business. And 
Um, like I said, it's probably unlikely, but it's it's an interesting idea. Conway wants the applause. He doesn't want it. He wants that spotlight. Spotlight coming back again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's talk about this plot that was going on. So basically, somebody who was an American citizen or these two guys were American citizens who were ICO sympathizers. And they like took a family that was like coming out of like uh, like a Denny's or an IHOP. Yeah, they were uh, they were at a greasy spoon, greasy spoon. And they kidnapped them and they're going to execute them if the leader of ICO is not freed and they get ten million dollars. I thought they said billion. Ten billion dollars. I thought they said billion. That's a lot of money. (laughs) You got to swing for the fences. (laughs) (laughs) That's like, okay, well, uh, throw out a big ask and then uh, they'll talk you down. But then you'll end up with uh, one billion. That'll be fine. Uh, No, I I have to think it was 10 million. One hundred billion dollars. Yeah. (laughs) Dr. Evil. (laughs) (laughs) All right. One million dollars. Yeah. Anyway, so these guys are now going to try to negotiate. They only want to negotiate with Conway. So Frank feels like I'll get Conway in the mix. And then he's also the father of this baby. However it goes, whether it's good or whether it's bad, they're going to share the spotlight on this. But the way that Frank ultimately pushes Conway out there, then I think he expected that Conway was going to mess this up. And Conway is not going to mess this up. That We saw that Claire, I think, felt the same way. And Yates tells her, like, he's not going to F this up. Yeah, he's uh, he was really good in that role. And he was a good negotiator. There were times when he looked shaky. It looked like Frank was going to have to take over. But Conway held his own and... And, and, you know, it, it's the the applause is coming through for Governor Conway. But now where do we go from here? Do you feel like that we are on the verge of stopping the ICO guys that we have at the end of the episode, this cliffhanger, which is rare for House of Cards to do such a blatant cliffhanger like this, where we're going back into the negotiations and they're saying, OK, well, let's get Conway back on the line. And Frank is like, no. I'll talk to them. You know, we saw the the police or the FBI investigators going through the woods, too. So um, looks like they have a location on the house and we're going to see some kind of attack, uh, not attack, but uh, they're going to strike on the house and, and get the hostages. Maybe. Where is Claire going? Where's Claire going? Yes. I don't know. What do you mean? It seems like Claire. Going? They're sending Claire off somewhere. I mean, maybe she's just doing more campaigning, more speaking. She's going to be campaigning during all this. I feel like that's a bad luck. I don't really know where, where Claire is going. I didn't notice her, them sending her off. Well, I guess Frank said he needs her help. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't clear what he needs her help for. So, yeah, you're right. It's probably not campaigning. It's up to something. But I don't know exactly uh, what she's going to be off to. Then we also have everything going on back at the White House with Claire and Schmoopy Conway. Schmoopy Conway opening up a nice dialogue with Claire. Yeah, they're getting along pretty well until uh, until she asks Claire about... Uh, if she regrets not having kids. And then Claire asks her, do you regret having them? Burn. It's a sick burn, but I don't think that Schmoopy does, right? She doesn't seem like it, but Claire does seem like she regrets it a little bit. Do you think that's what it is? Do you think that Claire regrets not having kids? Because I feel like that, I mean, Claire seems as though at this point in time, she has everything that she wants. She does. And I I don't know. It just seems like the way that that conversation ended, um, it, it definitely seems like that, that cut kind of deep. She seemed offended by that question. And, uh, and I don't know. And then she went and talked with Yates and I was like, oh, is she going to wonder if her and Yates might. She's probably too old. I would think we had this discussion last season. Yeah. But uh, I wonder if she's going to tell Yates she wants a baby. That might be the jump the shark moment of House of Cards at the point where we end up with uh, that Yates ends up knocking up Claire Underwood. Yeah, I really hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a big scandal of uh, the Maury Povich season of House of Cards. Oh, man. Well, you know, anything could happen in season five. Anything could happen. Yeah, once we get the new showrunner in there, I guess we can go in all sorts of different directions. But, you know, the one thing that I would say about that is that Frank did tell Claire with the whole Yates thing. He's like, and, and I know you'll be careful, uh, which maybe is like, uh-oh, maybe is she not going to be careful? Oh, man. Chekhov's uh, not using (laughs) protection. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) we'll see if we end up with uh, some sort of uh, Claire pregnancy storyline. That would really, I feel like, undercut everything. Uh, But if, you know, we ended up with the president uh, and the vice president slash first lady uh, with some sort of a scandal of who's the father of this of the vice president's baby, uh, that'd be something. Maury for the Supreme Court. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> All right. So then we have now with uh, the Conways at the White House. I thought that was interesting in terms of like, I thought we saw like Claire watching uh, the uh, kid Conway jumping up and on the bed and the kids really just taking over the White House like it's theirs. Yeah. They're even like, is this where we're going to live? And, and, you know, they have less of a filter than uh, the the adult Conways do. Mm-hmm. Right. And even like the adult Conways, like even uh, we have uh, Governor Conway. He's just like opening the fridge, taking out a beer. Like uh, he's just, like basically talking about like, uh, you know, I'm going to move in here. This is going to be great. I'm going to be a great president. Yeah. And, uh, you know, fr- I loved when Frank turned off the news when he was speaking. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. It was a good scene. I lived and, it. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. Um, and, and they they have a good dialogue between them. You know, uh, Conway tells him that you're going to be forgotten, which is a worse punishment than death. Yeah. And Frank tells him that you're a pretender. And if you win, you'll go from pretender to fraud. To be a fraud. Conway looked kind of freaked out after he said that. <laughs> yeah. Conway knows it's the trip. Yeah. So what's going to happen with Ico? Now we have Underwood is going to get on the phone. Is he going to tell them basically like, uh, we've got your house surrounded. Give up. It's over for you. Underwood out. Yeah, I think so. It's going to take a, a real zero dark 30 at the start <laughs> of the next episode. I think with, with the, uh, FBI going into the house and, and trying to rescue the Millers. I don't know how Frank spins this where he looks good and Conway looks bad from this. I don't know if there's a way. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they've been working together and, and you know, again, kind of an unprecedented moment for a president and a presidential nominee to work together on a terror situation, but all hands on deck. Yeah, it was definitely an odd situation. Do you think that Frank is going to say, I'm taking the reins and then Conway is going to just like shoehorn his way back into it? They're like, no, 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 no listen, I'm calling the shots here. And then he's going to come off like a douche that he's going to try to basically like step in and undermine the president. I mean, there could be that. We also saw earlier this season with Durant and Claire. Where's Durant during all this? Yeah, that's true. She's the secretary of state. She should probably be involved. Well, I guess I mean, because this is like a domestic terror incident that maybe is the secretary of state not involved with this because she's dealing with more foreign policy matters. I mean, ICO still seems like an international incident, even if it's domestic. But if these guys are acting alone, is that just not a matter with the secretary of state? I mean, there's all these other people there. Why can't like there's yeah. like 50 other people? Like in the Doug room. was in the there. meeting there. Doug was on the call. Like you would think that you'd have uh, Durant there, too. But I do wonder if we're going to get something similar to what we saw where Claire did all the work behind the scenes and allowed Durant to take the credit. And um, I don't see a way that Conway allows Frank to take the credit, but maybe Conway does a lot of the work and Frank takes the credit or vice versa. Let's talk about Hammerschmidt and where this is going. It seems like that he feels like he has his article. It seems like to me this is a bit of an overreach that he's trying to put this article out there during this crisis. You would think that you would want to wait until we get through this and then come out with it? Because I kind of feel like nobody's going to pay attention to it in the middle of all of this. What do you think about Hammer Schmidt's release schedule? Yeah, I wondered too. I was thinking like, oh, is he going to break this news and it's just going to end up on the back page of the newspaper? Kind of similar to what happened in Spotlight. Um, you know, sort, spoiler sort of. alert. Well, it was it was way in the past. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but I think what they're just doing is they're just sending an email to the White House to tell them that this is coming. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's the actual article printing like the next day. That doesn't seem like a good idea. No, I don't think any of this seems like a good idea. But, you know, uh, Hammerschmidt spotlight team now has some pretty formidable members. Yeah, they have a lot of people on their side. And again, it looks like Remy and Jackie are back and teaming up and really a very underwhelming season for Jackie Sharp here in season four. But it looks like her and Remy are saying that they're so in love. They just want to be with each other. It looks like Jackie is going to eventually get divorced. Uh, No sign of Jackie's husband here in season four either. Uh, Maybe she was with him all the time. She was off screen. But they are going to work to basically knock the Underwoods out. Yeah. And Jackie says that she's either going to lose her spot in California um, or she's not going to have very much power or she's going to have to do Frank's bidding. And it doesn't sound like she wants to do any of those things. So we'll see ultimately what happens when we get this article out. I mean, what do you think the response from the White House is going to be? I feel like they're so busy with all of this ICO stuff. I don't even know if they're going to have, you know, it's like the email is going to come in and are they even going to check it? like oh yeah i'll deal with that later we have all this other more pressing matter to do to deal with i've got so many scandals uh going on right now that they just roll off my back like like water off a duck's back that ah, ha 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 that uh no (laughs) scandal can touch me 
hey, did I mention that my wife is having an affair? Oh, do you think that's what he sent Claire to do, to go announce that she's having <laughs> yes. an affair to divert attention? <laughs> yes. Whatever bad press I have, I could always pull out another more interesting scandal. That You can't touch me. I'm bulletproof. Yeah. Speaking of scandals, how about the return of Walker? He is uh, on his uh, sabbatical from Evil Corp, and he is able to now work and play guitar and really just <laughs> hang out. Yeah, it looks like he's living the life in that big house all by himself. And so Walker is back, and really, aren't you angry, Walker? He's angry at himself for not seeing it and not fighting it. And so he's back, and I mean, where do you think that he's going to fit into all this? Uh, I mean, I think that was it. I think we saw he, he gave he gave Hammerschmidt some some information. Hammerschmidt recorded the conversation, needs it transcribed, and uh, I don't think we're going to see Walker again this season. For me, I just think that with the whole Walker involvement of this now, it's like too many people know about this. Like, I kind of thought that they'd just be able to, you know, rub out Hammerschmidt and they'd be kind of done with this. But now at the point Walker knows and these people at the paper know when Remy knows and Jackie knows, like, I don't know how they get around this. Like there's just too many people that know all the gory details. Yeah. I mean, and even Freddie knows too. So Uh, he's not uh, a snitch. Yeah. But he knows. I mean, you know, not only do they know about what Frank's done, but now all these people know what Hammerschmidt's doing. Like I'm surprised that McAllen with all of his tracking technology has not picked up on this Hammerschmidt thing. And also that Seth hasn't heard anything about this. So, yeah, it, it is interesting that nobody has really cracked this case open yet for Frank. Yeah, you can't touch Frank, but you can't touch Hammerschmidt, apparently. <laughs> well, it's almost hammer time for Frank. Yeah, MC Hammerschmidt. Yeah, MC Hammerschmidt. Let's talk about, uh, how about the debate? That we did the first ever president and vice presidential debate at the same time even though they called it the vp debate but i guess they figured because frank and claire are together married i feel like almost like that claire would want the opposite of that as to hey let me handle it on my own because you would think that she could wipe the floor with the general oh yeah definitely yeah the general doesn't seem like he's got a good grasp on this politics thing they might as well had uh rob decanio out there as that general because he doesn't have he's terrible in these debates <laughs> Yep. Yeah, I mean, you know, any general will do, really. Any general. So. The general election. The general election. (laughs) Yeah, that's not this guy's nickname. No. (laughs) (laughs) They're not calling him general election. (laughs) But uh, this was seemed like a weird debate, like the couples debate. Yeah, it was. It was really strange. I didn't even realize it was a debate at first. I thought it was just an interview until they showed the other side. And they were sitting down. They weren't standing. I mean, it was just, I don't know. It was unlike an inter- or a debate I've seen before. It was very. Um, well, they said it was the first ever, but I did like that format. Yeah. yeah. Um, props to the moderator. I was thinking like when I was watching the moderator just listen and ask questions, I was thinking about how I would be a terrible moderator of one of those debates because I feel like I would just like stop listening at one point and then have to like still moderate the debate. I don't think I'd be very good at that. Yeah, uh, she is a real person. Also, uh, I believe uh, Gwen Eiffel, I believe is her name. Oh, she on like PBS NewsHour? Yeah. OK, she did a good job. I like having the uh, the real people in there to uh, moderate the debate. So good yeah, job by good. Gwen. That was good. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk about Doug and Laura Moretti. Well, come on, Doug. <laughs> Stop he just it. needs somebody to take care of him. Stop it. He just needs somebody to take care of him. If we spend one minute of time on Doug and Laura Moretti <laughs> in, the in the finale, I'm going to be furious. Yeah, you'd rather just hold on to that cliffhanger over the break between season four and season five to find out what happens with them. Stop. We have so many interesting stories that we're dealing with. Doug had a good run this season. He was a key cog through most of the season in what Frank Underwood is doing. What are we doing with him and Laura Moretti? Well, we had more focus on Laura Moretti's ring in this episode. Did you pick up on it this time? <laughs> I, you know, I still wasn't paying attention. I think I'm just so annoyed when Laura Moretti shows up. Well, I don't know. They keep really keying in on her ring and she's like rubbing her ring or, or trying to, I don't know. It, it's really hard to tell what her, what is going on with her. And I, I, 
this doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. It's really weird to see this kind of thing in a Netflix show where you think it's it's a little bit more plotted out than this. So, and then what's going on that Laura Moretti is talking about her teenage daughter. Watch out. She could be like a wild child. Yeah, she's got to watch out for her daughter. I've heard Laura Moretti's do not have good luck with their daughters. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, who knows what Laura Moretti's daughter could be up to. She could be yeah. like a real witch. Do you think maybe like this whole Laura Moretti thing is going to come full circle and she's in ICO? She's an ICO member. Stop. Come on. How is Laura Moretti going to be in part of ICO? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe ICO gave her a sizable donation on Tony Moretti's website. And we've seen how she treats people that give donations. (laughs) I, I just say it's just it's so not connected. Like we thought maybe, okay, we're going down the path where Doug is going to get busted where it's going to somehow come out that they had to change the donor list so Frank would move to the top. And we said, okay, at least that's a scandal in the offing. But now, I mean, it seems like that ship has sailed. That door is closed. It doesn't seem like we are on the brink of scandal with Laura Moretti. It seems like we're just exploring Doug's love life. I mean, we are in the time of crisis here, both in the country (laughs) and in the Underwood administration. No time for love, Dr. Jones. Yeah. Well, you know, Laura Moretti, Doug, you know, Doug needs to have dinner sometimes. And <laughs> Laura Moretti made him. I don't know what she made him. What do you think she made him with him not having any any food? I was thinking maybe pasta. I'm not sure what they're doing. And then also, like, they wanted Doug to, you know, get some sleep. He's like, oh, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. So he's just going to go hang out with or Laura Moretti's going to come over and take care of him. Yeah, I don't know. Well, he's not getting sleep. Claire's not getting sleep. Everybody's just staying up all night. <laughs> I just don't know what the hell they're doing with Doug in this story. It'll be interesting to see if we get any of that in the finale, but I'm I'm with you. I think we should we should stick away from that for now. What did you think of the scene where we ended up after the whole news ended up breaking with Ico? We ended up seeing a character who does not seem to be a character in the story at all or tied to any other characters in the show. But we ended up having a character talking about how the moment bigotry becomes a form of patriotism. Did that scene strike you as odd as being in there? Uh, was this the was this the scene with Halabi? Yes. No, I mean, I think, you know, it kind of reminded me and I haven't watched a lot of the West Wing, but there is that West Wing episode that's probably the most famous one where they talk about how, you know, not all terrorists are Muslim and not all Muslims are terrorists. Um you know, I think it kind of reminded me of that episode of the West Wing. Yes. So, um, I, I mean, I just think it was showing kind of how the country is reacting to this this uh, terrorism. And they talked a little bit about um, I think it was Doug who said that he went out and went for a walk during the day and he saw people just on their phones and, and worried and no children out. So I think we're supposed to just see how the country is reacting to a terror threat. But to me, I'm wondering if that was a scene that ended up getting tacked on here in House of Cards season four, because I wonder if that was a scene that was in response to events that are happening in our actual society, where that in response to things that have come up in the actual 2016 election, I almost feel like that this was House of Cards trying to put a message in this episode. It seemed odd. It was there was no other major character in that scene. It wasn't referenced by anybody else in the episode. Do you feel like is that something that they could have shot as they got closer to the release date to sort of try to paint this situation differently from events in the real 2016? I mean, possibly. And I did think they were trying to put a message in there, which is, I think, what they did with that West Wing episode as well. And maybe this was kind of shot after they had wrapped everything up that that could make sense. Maybe it was the new show, the new showrunner wanting to put something into season four. Oh, no, I don't necessarily think it was that. I I just feel like that they wanted to sort of like uh, put a message in there, because even this line, the moment bigotry becomes a form of patriotism, that that's when we lose the country or something to that effect. Because I thought that was so odd to be in there because there was nobody in the episode that was really trying to do any sort of fear mongering about that. Like the only times that that came up was in that scene about people were, you know, people are talking about, you know, doing different things and 
uh, you know, putting some bans against Muslims. And I don't think that we should do that. We can't have this type of fear mongering out there. Conway's not talking about that. Underwood's not talking about that. We don't see any other political figure talking about that. I just thought that that seemed like something that they tried to tack on in there to sort of uh, respond to real life events. I mean, it could be the episode was it did at least feel really short already. So, you know, I can't imagine how much shorter the episode would have been if they didn't even have this couple minute scene in there. Yeah, it was like two minutes. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. This felt like the shortest uh, episode of the season. Maybe it was was so good. You went by so quickly. Oh, yeah, that might be it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, we had director green uh, out and about, and it looks like that they are going to be setting up shop with uh, Leanne's uh, weird friend in the NSA. Do you think that Frank is in danger of being exposed on this front as well? I did wonder if he was going to get busted because now we have the FBI and the CIA working with McAllen. But, um, you know, we're going to have a lot of cooks in the kitchen, as he says. Too many cooks. Yeah, too many cooks, just like we had too many cooks in the White House. Too many spoons. Oh. Spoons are back. <laughs> Spoons are Heroin back. Heroin spoon, soup spoon. Also, um, I thought that there was some interesting things in terms of the previous presidents. Uh, we had Conway talking about how he visited the Oval Office when he was a Boy Scout. They went to go see Reagan. Uh, Frank was like, it figures. Also, I felt like when we went to go to the uh, the Times, is that the newspaper? Uh, the Herald. The Herald. So I thought that the way that the camera moved, I felt like the camera lingered on the newspaper with the headline of Kennedy shot Lyndon Johnson sworn in. Did you notice that? Yeah, I couldn't get a I couldn't get a glimpse of what the headline was, but it definitely was a Kennedy headline. And I wondered if it had something to do with the Cuban Missile Crisis. Well, is it Cuban Missile Crisis? Is it just a reference to the events earlier this season where Frank was shot and Blythe got sworn in? By the way, where is Donald Blythe during any of this? (laughs) Did they just like send him out the pasture? Like, is Claire already the acting vice president? Yeah, I think Donald Blythe Blythe is like, all right, I'm out. Peace. I'm going back to Vermont. (laughs) Yeah, he's really he's got some serious senioritis, senior, yeah. Blythe, <laughs> senior, right. senior Blythe, this <laughs> it's hard to say, but <laughs> so I don't know what he's up to. Uh, all interesting stuff. Uh, you have anything else that you want to talk about with this episode before we get to some of these questions? I think that's probably everything. I mean, we saw Frank making a sandwich again when he was talking to Conway. So good on the sandwich front this time, not peanut butter and jelly. It was a looked like a turkey sandwich. Mm yeah, um, I did think that the voice of one of the one of the terrorists kind of sounded like Adam Driver, sounded like Kylo Ren. Oh, you don't think he was doing some sort of like tribute to uh, some sort of nefarious figure like a Darth Vader, right? No, because it wasn't it wasn't like very breathy and like mechanical. It just his voice. I don't know. It reminded me of of um, Adam Driver. So, you know, who knows? Maybe we're setting up Adam Driver to play a role next season as one of these guys. I'd be surprised. I'd be yeah, surprised if we ended up doing that. I think he's busy. All right. Let's get into some of these questions, and then maybe we'll do some final predictions before we end up uh, wrapping this all up. Chapter 51 questions. Our first question asks, is this Claire really contemplating having children in the future or just emphasizing again how much the Underwoods don't like children? Because I would assume with Claire wanting to be vice president, being pregnant should be the last thing on her mind, right? Yeah, you would think, but now she's in this in this loving relationship with Yates. So um, I don't know. I'm glad somebody else picked up on that, too. Also, uh, they go on to say this terrorist plot line, I assume, will be resolved very quickly, right? Because it looks like a much bigger threat is heading their way with whatever the Herald is publishing. Also, will this be the end of the Underwoods? Can they survive this? And if so, how? Sincerely, from the vampire, President Francis Underwood. <laughs> oh, the vampire. And I said Doug looked like a vampire earlier this season, but... Guess me and Charlie Conway are on the wrong on the wrong side of that. <laughs> yeah. So do you think that Ico will be wrapped up in the first 10, 15 minutes of this next episode? Yeah, I, I think this I can't imagine how this would go on any longer. I think they've got the place surrounded um, unless it is some sort of diversion. And it's like, oh, look this way. They're going after one thing. And then we get like a, a bomb that goes off. Yeah, it seems to me sort of like the season two storyline where i feel like we went into the finale and we wrapped up the tusk business i feel like pretty early like in the first like 10 or 15 minutes of the episode and then the second part of the episode dealt with walker ending up leaving after getting impeached so i think and maybe the typewriter stuff that typewriter business ended up happening in the season finale as well in season two so i think that we just sort of uh, might just like very quickly like you know 
be done with this Ico business. Yeah, I feel like we have a lot to at least get us to a point where we can wait a year to know what happens. Yeah. Um, we're just I, I it feels like we should have another episode. I don't <laughs> like another after this. I, I feel like we uh, I don't know. It just seems like we're rushing a little bit to the end. Morgan writes in to say just finished the second to last episode. And I'm really wondering how Frank is going to escape the noose that is tightening around his neck. And that is the Hammerschmidt news story. Any ideas? I'm honestly thinking that we could be seeing the last of Frank as president or even as a free man. Oh, we didn't even talk about jail time potentially for Frank. That we could end this season with Lucas being locked up in the first shot of the season. Maybe Frank going to jail in the last shot of the season. I don't see that happening. <laughs> I don't know. I think Frank's going to get out of it. Frank always gets out of it. He's like Teflon. Can't touch him. So um, I don't know how we're going to wrap that up. I don't know how that story is going to be. Is going to be wrapped, you know, or maybe this news story publishes right at the end of the season. And that's our cliffhanger at the end of the season. But um, I've got to imagine that this it just doesn't seem like Hammerschmidt has put together this the kind of story that would be worthy of taking down Frank Underwood. Hypothetically, could it happen where we have Hammerschmidt? He has his story. He runs with it. He publishes it, and then Frank ends up being somehow the hero in this whole Ico situation that people just don't pay attention to the Hammerschmidt story. It could be. Uh, I could, you know, I could see that happening. But it's it, this is like a a day when you know, like when news doesn't just disappear. I mean, it's it's going to be there. So he could release it, and maybe it gets buried right away. But um, he can keep beating that drum, and there has to be some sort of resolution one way or the other, whether it's taking care of Hammerschmidt or. Uh, some punishment actually coming down on Frank. Will wants to write in and say, why aren't reporters camped out at the Lincoln Memorial? It's the cliched home of clandestine meetings. Um, well, is this Will Conway who's asking? This? Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess they could be. There's a lot going on. Why would reporters be camped out there? Uh, I don't know. I thought you're the DC insider. Yeah. I mean, there's, I don't know. There's lots of places where people could meet. It's, it's a little more out in the open. Um, you know, I like just to catch Jackie Sharp and Remy talking. Yeah, I don't know. Run for president, Will Conway. Come on. <laughs> what did you think of uh, baby Conway taking Frank's action figures and then Frank being like, hey, give those back to me? It reminded me of like, a, you know, this really reminded me of like the family visits the grandparents <laughs> episode. Um, and I don't know if that's what they were going for, but it, it did feel like that in the in the sitcom <laughs> world. Um, and, and shout out to Charlie Conway, future star of the Mighty Ducks. Oh, okay. Uh, let's take a question or two from Spencer Y, who writes in to say about Conway's wife, Schmoopy Conway admires Claire. After hearing what flattering things Conway's wife said to Claire, do you think Claire will try to manipulate her to undermine or create disruption to the Conway family from within, just like how Claire manipulated Garrett Walker's wife in season two? Yeah, I was going to say that reminds me a lot of what she did with, uh, I think her name was Trisha Walker, Garrett's wife. Yes. You know, that would be interesting, but I just don't think we have time for that to happen. No, maybe, we do not have next time. season, though. I don't know what we're going to do with Schmoopy Conway, but it did seem odd that she talked about like, oh, I hate guns. My husband does, too. I wonder if uh, Claire will say, actually, well, when I was at the White House with Schmoopy Conway, she actually told me that President Conway would undo the Second Amendment and he will take your guns away. Like, what? Yeah, and she did actually acknowledge that she's from Britain in this episode, which is the first time we've heard that the whole season. You know, she did have the she obviously has the accent, but it's never really been brought up until um, she was talking with Claire about that. And when uh, when Governor Conway and Charlie were reading that book, I think the book, I don't know what it was, but they were talking about landmarks in London. So it was some sort of British book. Okay, Spencer also writes in to say, Senator Wallach's request, will whatever Wallach says to betray Conway be sufficient enough to cripple Conway's election hopes? Now, have we ever seen this Wallach character before? I mean, we might have seen him in the background and with meetings with Frank, but he's um, he's on the Joint Chiefs, I believe. And, um, you know, he's he's a member of the Republican Party and doesn't want to cripple the party. I felt like they were treating this guy like we should know who he is. Yeah, they were, because usually they, they tell us somebody's name pretty early on. And we didn't we didn't learn his name until later on in the episode. But I have never seen him before. He didn't look familiar to me. OK, and then one other question from Spencer, who writes in. I liked it how Frank said that 99 percent of the job is done in the dark. 
how Conway's narcissism may be his downfall. And if Conway got elected, he'd go from being a pretender to exposed as a fraud when he couldn't handle the duties of the presidency. Not to get political and everything, but because there are numerous real-life parallels in the show, was this the show's closest and not-so-subtle way of comparing Conway to Donald Trump? Now, I think that this show was filmed way in advance, or at least written way in advance. I don't know when they would have finished shooting this stuff, but I sense that on a TV show... I have to think that they're probably like six months or so, if not at least three months ahead of where they're going to be. They have to edit. They have a lot of post-production work to do. So I don't think that this is sort of like an SNL sketch where they can respond to something that happens in recent events. But I do think that there are some parallels in terms of, you know, how Donald Trump has uh, made so much use of Twitter. And here's Conway who can't himself get off of social media. Yeah, I I think that, you know, it, it would have been interesting if we could have had some influence from Donald Donald Trump's campaign in this season of House of Cards. But I think Conway is more just supposed to be kind of the, the young upstart Kennedy type character. Yeah, I just do think that because they shot this so far in advance, I think a scene like what we saw where a character who is not a series regular is giving sort of like a speech about, you know, the how we need to have acceptance of all people. That just does seem to me very much like the way that the show could respond to events. I mean, and that would be something they could put together pretty quickly and, and way after they're done filming. So, right. Um, that, that will be interesting to track and see if that character shows up again, either in the finale or at some point in season five and, and um, becomes some kind of regular character. Okay, let's do one more from Johnny De Silvera, and this was after he accidentally watched the finale and then came back and watched chapter <laughs> fifty-one. But he's not going to spoil anything. Uh, <laughs> so Johnny De Silvera wants to know: Is Doug's neediness this time with Laura Moretti going to be the end of him once and for all, like it once was with Rachel? You don't think that Doug is going to like get all weepy with Laura Moretti and say, yeah, you know what? It's my fault that Tony Moretti is dead. Like what? And then she ends up like uh, murdering Doug. I don't think that. No, she seems pretty stable. And, you know, like this could be something that ends up being a, a good thing for Doug. But, you know, just a stable, a nice, stable relationship where he has somebody who can cook him dinner and somebody to take care of him and listen to him. Um, but, you know, I could see. Weepy Doug revealing something to her in a in a moment of desperation, um, but probably not till next season. And then finally, we got from Johnny wants to know, what do you two think is going to be resolved in Chapter 52? The hostage crisis, Tom's story, the Frank and the election, any final death predictions? Okay, so let's just set our final predictions into motion here for Chapter 52. What do we think is going to happen in the final hour of House of Cards? Well, I feel like we have a lot that could happen for season um, I four. Think we're, I should add. Yeah, season four. Um, I think that we are going to get some sort of resolution on this kidnapping thing. I think we're in agreement on that. That's going to be resolved. Do you think that Ico will be resolved with this kidnapping or is there going to be more Ico to come? I don't think so. I mean, I think that we have this one thing that happens with Ico and I think that's enough Ico. I mean, we have a lot of things. It's not called 24. You know, it's House of Cards. <laughs> yeah. Do you think we get more with Syria? Because I feel like they've talked a lot about Syria. And no, our, we and need to bring Syria. everything back to this election. No more foreign policy. I mean, we, you know, we could jump ahead a couple weeks to, you know, maybe we get the kidnapping thing happens. We get the email from Hammerschmidt that he's going to be releasing this story. And then we jump ahead a little bit to when the story comes out. You know, I, I still think that the Hammerschmidt's dog theory that you have. You know, I don't know how that could happen. Still, it's but. too late for that. I think that it's the ship has sailed. I, I don't know if they kill his dog at this point. What they're gonna do? <laughs> yeah, I, th I thought that was a good prediction too. It's a good prediction, but they, yeah. they didn't find out about it soon enough. So, I feel like the story is gonna come out. What are they gonna do? Uh, you have this scandal with Yates uh, that has to come out. I mean, Frank Underwood literally has like twelve different scandals that could end his presidency if anybody found out about them. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's just like maybe if they all just come out on the same Friday afternoon in that news dump, then uh, everything he can Monday morning, he'll just walk right back into work and, and be ready to go ready yeah. for action. So Seth is just going to be like, all right, everybody, uh, I'm just going to give a bunch of things and then uh, we'll take questions, uh, take a couple of questions here. OK, uh, first off, the president uh, did commit a couple of murders a long time ago. Not a big deal. 
Nobody missed them. One of those people was friends with them, tried to assassinate him. So it's sort of like a circle of life kind of thing. So <laughs> it's fine. No big deal. Uh, he did participate in trying to get President Walker impeached. That guy was not that great. He was not that awesome of a president. Nobody's missing him. He's fine. He's fine. He's got a great house. His life is fine. Also, what else? What else is going on? Uh, the, uh, uh, the uh, Seth, 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 Seth. Yes, yes, yes. Did Zach, you, Zach. Yeah, just one question about everything. Did you say circle of blithe? Uh, did you mean circle of life? No, uh, the vice president. Uh, I don't know if a lot of you guys remember this. Uh, we had a guy. <laughs> He was the vice president. He was actually acting president for a little while. Uh, he actually, we sent we sent him back home. We didn't need him anymore. Got a real case of senior blithus, and uh, that's it. Uh, any other questions? No, but I think, you know, everything else sounds pretty smooth. Yeah. I know, there's like a couple of other, you know, conspiracies. Like, uh, yes, yes, uh, the president is in a polyamorous relationship with the vice president and their book author. Uh, NBD. Any other questions? Polyhop. Uh, yeah. Yes. Polyhop poly- amorous. Polyhop amorous. He's in a polyhop amorous relationship. Uh, yes. Okay. All right. Uh, one other thing. Uh, the president is also has hacked the NSA and is going through all of your data. Again, no big deal. It hasn't even affected the poll numbers that much. It's really, uh, they did it. It's not really working that much. Uh, again, no harm, no foul. Any other questions? This press conference. And then Doug Stamper runs out with Laura Moretti and says, we're getting married. And by the way, we bumped Frank to the top of the the donor list. (laughs) Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, The president did end up getting to the top of the organ donor list due to some sort of creative uh, switching around. But, you know, that was an executive priority. Again, I don't think that was that big of a deal out of anything we're talking about here. That, That really is small potatoes compared to all this other stuff. Uh, yes, the president uh, did completely do an end around to get his wife to become the vice president. Again, you guys all seem to like her more than him. So no harm, no foul there either. Are we done here? And it's 545 on a Friday. <laughs> I think we should all go to happy hour. What do you think? All right. Drinks on me. <laughs> <laughs> Not on Doug. <laughs> <laughs> Not on Doug. So what are you, you going to do? Uh, you know, we'll see. Maybe Maybe that's how it goes. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, Frank's just got I would just be really stressed out if I was Frank Underwood with how many um, scandals and balls are up in the air that could potentially take him down. But, uh, you know, he seems like he's doing fine. Yeah, he's hanging in there. He's hanging in there. All right. What's the hashtag here in Chapter 51? Uh, So many different things have come up in this conversation. I mean, I like MC Hammerschmidt. MC Hammerschmidt. Blythus. (laughs) (laughs) Senior Blythus. General election. Don't forget about I, I did like general election, but I was thinking that would be a pretty busy hashtag. <laughs> All right. You call it. Uh, I mean, let's go with senior Blythus. Just to keep Donald Blythe on the hashtag. Just to keep him in the mix. <laughs> senior and then B-L-Y-T-H-I-S. Zach, I can't believe it. I can't believe we were at chapter 52. Yeah. Should we do a uh, a death, some sort of death draft for the finale or a uh, return draft, some, something that we can have some chips on the table. All right, let's do one death and one return. Lock in uh, for chapter 52. Well, I think for death, you know, I know you already have Doug, but I think we're losing Doug. You think Doug, death? Yeah. Uh, I just don't know how the Laura Moretti leads to death in the story. I, I, don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, then Laura Moretti loses another uh, loved one. Another. Yeah. Yeah. Laura Moretti First. has no luck with these loved ones. Yeah. So then usually the loved ones outlast Laura Moretti. That's typically how that goes. But yeah, no. that's, that's a good point. The irony. So. Yeah. All right. So you think Doug is going to go. I mean, Doug was my pick all along this season, but I kind of feel like I think he has immunity here in this final episode. If only if, Laura Moretti had immunity. If only Laura Moretti had immunity, then maybe uh, she would be fine and, and uh, her and her loved one could coexist for a little bit. Yeah. So if I was going to say out of any of these characters, boy, if Hammerschmidt went down at this point, would that change anything? I almost feel like it wouldn't. No, I think his work is done. I mean, mm. somebody else can, you know, Hammerschmidt dies and then somebody else picks it up and goes and runs with it. What about Yates? Is Yates in danger? Yates could be in danger. 
Yeah, I feel like that would sort of like make things a lot cleaner in terms of uh, Frank and Claire. I don't know. Is it possible? Can we get a major death here? I mean, is it, I, I feel like maybe not. Maybe, if maybe, uh, what about Leanne's data guy? Oh, McCallan, I like him. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody would miss that guy. He's too weird. Yeah, he, he is very weird. He's He's got his music on blast. And yeah, I mean, you know, I, I st- you know, I think like if, Somehow we get this Ico bomb that I've been thinking was going to happen all season. Like if that does go off, I would think we'd have to lose one semi-major character in order for that to have an impact. And um, so maybe that's how we lose somebody. What about the callback draft? Oh, man, the callback draft. I mean, we've seen so many callbacks this season. We even saw callbacks to Frank's whipboard from the first (laughs) season with the name tag. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of who we haven't seen that we could see back. Um, I know we saw, you know, like, I mean, I, I guess I'll just stick with Justice Jacobs, who was in my callback draft earlier. <laughs> Maybe we see Justice Jacobs come back. OK, Gavin had been my pick. I'm not sure necessarily if we are going to get Gavin back, uh, that he is going to be featured on the uh, new Sundance uh, series Happen Leonard, which we're going to cover on most shows recapped uh, this week. So be sure to check that out. Um, how about somebody? Uh, what about a real blast from the past? What about uh, Pete Rousseau's uh, girlfriend, Christina? <laughs> Did you just go to the very bottom of the House of Cards IMDb and look for, like, <laughs> who's the last person listed at all? I'm on the House of Cards uh, wikia. <laughs> Major player season one. She could come back and testify. Boy, I saw Pete Rousseau hanging out with, uh, with Frank Underwood quite a bit. Now, look, nobody even remembers that character that uh, she is somebody uh, they could. She could have been recast and we wouldn't even know. (laughs) Well, I mean, if if you're right on that, I don't know. I'll I'll have to do something to, you know, if you win that bet, that would be pretty impressive. All right. I think Brockhart, maybe Brockhart's a uh, a death draft pick. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Brock. I think it's Brockhurst still. No, it's it's definitely Brockhart. I wasn't going to bring it up. Well, I I got that from IMDb. Yeah, well, they're wrong. They could be wrong on IMDb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, how about uh, Bill Maher? How about that for a uh, for a season one callback? Oh, Bill Maher. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So interesting to see exactly uh, what will happen in the finale of House of Cards season four. It's been such a fun ride here through 11 or 12 episodes so far. And uh, we do appreciate all of you that have made it this far with us. Looking forward to talking on the finale. You can follow Zach on Twitter. He's at Brooks ZA. I am at Rob Sesternino. And uh, don't forget, even after next time, we will do a House of Cards season four. I, I, look, I state my podcasting career on it. We will do a end of season recap and uh, we will give you a date in our season finale podcast. How about that? Oh, man, you're really you're leaving a cliffhanger at the end of this podcast. Yeah, just like I'm on the call. A- Put me on. <laughs> I'm ready to start the call now. I'm ready to do the season four recap. All right. Looking forward to it, Zach. Anything else? No, I'm uh, looking forward to the finale. I hope we can save the Millers. Unfortunately, CBS was unable to do that. But <laughs> Yes, unfortunately. But what are you going to do? All right. Take care, everybody.